Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles. And today I have another amazing guest with me. And I met her on, yes, you guessed it. I met her on Clubhouse. I have Natasia Miller with me today, who is a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Natasia, thank you so much for joining me today. So happy to be here, Ruthie. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited. Natasia and I met in a clubhouse room that was talking about a DE&I related topic and just the energy between us. We were both on stage and I was just like, oh, I got to have her on my podcast. It's going to be such a great conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and read her bio for you. But I assure you that this bio does not even come close to expressing the colorful and interesting life that Natasia has already like led so far. So let me go ahead and do that. And then we will get into the fun, awesome, deep conversation stuff. So Natasia Miller is a diversity and inclusion consultant for entrepreneurs and corporations. Having experienced her own brushes with racial injustice in America, as well as in her corporate career abroad and at home, Natasia now facilitates safe spaces for the tough conversations business people need to have in order to create action plans that foster inclusion, whether they're a solopreneur or a large corporation. Natasia received her MBA from Georgia Southern and has lived abroad in Dubai and China, where she worked with 60 plus nationalities and garnered over 100,000 video views from her time as a correspondent in China. So like I said, I know that I, I even, I'm like, whoo, even just reading it, but I assure you that that's not even like even scratching the surface for Natasia. So again, Natasia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for making me sound so great, Ruthie. When you were talking earlier about me being so colorful, I'm like, Ruthie, stop it. You're trying to make me blush. And guess what? You are. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. I mean, that's what they say though, right? Like if you could see you the way I see you, you would have no doubts. Super good. Love that. So as is tradition, I love to kind of start off with something a bit lighthearted, but something that kind of gives us a glimpse into the fun, human, whatever side of you that maybe not everybody uh, tries to see, right? So because you've got this like global experience, I am curious to know what place is at the top of your list to visit or to live. So you could pick somewhere you've been if you fell in love with that place, or do you have some place on your list that you are like, first ticket I can book once the world opens up again, I am going there. So you can go either way. Okay. So this is super difficult because like, I just, I just really like travel so much. So I can be like, well, can I give you a top five? 
but I'm not going to do that, Ruthie. I'm not going to do that because you specifically said one. Um, so I was going to say Australia because I really want to go there. But Dubai, like the way that you phrased the question just now made me say like Dubai is definitely the place, like the first place I want to go when the borders open. And people listening might be like, yeah, Dubai, super luxe. I want to ride a camel. Yeah. But that's not even, that's not why I want to go there. Like, to be completely honest, my best friend, because like I lived in Dubai for three years, so one of my bestest friends just had a baby and it's hurting me so much that she's in Dubai and I'm here and she's sending me videos. So I'm excited to go back to see her. And, you know, Dubai is super multicultural, right? So I miss the food. I miss Arabic food. I miss Russian food. I miss the atmosphere of, you know, like waking up with so many different people. Like I speak Russian to this person at breakfast and then dinner time. Let's go Kenyans. Let's go to the African club. Like I miss that so much. So definitely Dubai is at the top of my list. Mm, okay. Well, Dubai is on my list as well because my husband went for almost a week as part of a business trip and he kept sending me pictures of food and stuff. It was hella rude. And, um, <laughs> and of course, like, I don't have anybody to watch the kids or anything or else I would have been like, Hey, let's buy me a ticket. And while you're at work at the conference, I'm sure I can find something to occupy my time. Right. I was so ready for that. I can't wait to be at that life level. Agreed. What we're going to do is we're going to plan a girl's trip so that, you know, he's not going to be included. And then we're going to be like, Hey babe, now I know all the insider hotspots. Take that. <laughs> And then we'll have to visit together, he and I, so I can show him everything you show me. There we go. Sounds like a plan. Okay. So I wanted to ask this question and I'm just, I'm just going to air it out too. So I feel like a lot of people, maybe a lot of white people did not know that diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants were a thing. And so now they just feel like, oh, if you're brown you're a DE&I consultant. Like they're just popping out of the woodwork when in fact, DE&I consultants have been here the whole time. So I wanted to ask this question to give people some insight into how your lived experiences, right? Contributed to you settling on DE&I as your zone of genius. Can you tell us about that? Yes, can do. Um, so two things. First thing is, it's my job. It's, it's not that every, like you said, like, oh my gosh, brown people now, everybody is a DEI consultant. It's just, that's not the way it works, people. Let me just say that first and foremost. But what led me to this is actually fate, I would say, because it's not like when I was in university, when I was getting my MBA and everything, I was not expecting this to be the place that I ended up. Like I was going to be the black female GM of a hotel, you know, so I can show all the little girls that you can do it too. You can be at the top of the food chain and not just be a front desk agent. That was my whole plan of life. And then while I was in Georgia, actually on my way to Georgia, I had just come from Miami and then I had my first real racial incident because I'm born and raised in the Bahamas, right? So the Bahamas, being in the Bahamas, the only thing that I think racism is, is like the study of, you know, racing a boat. Because like, we don't have that issue here. You know, we don't have that issue here as much as it is in the US. So when I went to, when I was driving on my way to Georgia, I did not just get my MBA. I got a crash course in driving while black because when I, you know, I was stopped for what I, the reason that I still don't know, you know, 12 years later, but I was stopped. A police officer came, he pulled me out of the car, pulled my mom out of the car, arrested me. Officer one asked me, you know, when was the last time I smoked weed? Mom in another car. Officer is 
talking to his sweet thing on the phone saying, hey, honey pie, I'm going to be a little late for dinner because I have to deal with some N-word, B-words before I get there. So like, this was my introduction to racism. And even with that, I went to university and had another incident where like, not only was I arrested, but I went to jail and there were shackles involved that made me bleed because they were too tight. And like, there was a whole thing. And now every time I visit the US, I have to go to secondary inspection because guess what? Who's a criminal now? Natasha is. How is it going to come off your record? It never can, says the person that, you know, I've asked several times. Um, So basically all of that happened. And those are like the major things, right? Like the shackles and the arrests and everything like that. And even with that, I still didn't know that DEI was my space until I went to the place that I just told you guys that I want to go as soon as the world opens up Dubai. Because when I went to Dubai, it was the flip side. Because, you know, like you were talking about, Ruthie, it's like, oh, brown people, your DEI consultants. I went there as a person of color, realizing my own prejudices and stereotypes against, guess what? People of color. Me as a black girl, you know, being Americanized and coming from North America, went there thinking that, you know, Egyptians and other Arab men are going to treat me poorly because I'm a woman. Because guess what? That's what society tells me. They tell me that this is the way that Arab men are and this is the way that they treat women. And, you know, this is going to be so bad and you better wear your you know, your long sleeve shirt and your long dresses that make you trip down as you walk or else you're going to be in trouble. And these are from like the blogs and everything that I read. So I went over there as a racist, as a racist myself. And I went over there and built relationships. Like some of my closest friends are like Arab men, like more so than most other cultures that I met there. So having that experience and being able to face my own demons that I didn't even know existed and didn't want to believe because as far as I'm concerned, I'm a good person and hey, I'm black. So how can I be racist, right? You know, facing those demons, meeting my first South, Southeast Asian people, like not even never meeting a Sri Lankan before, you know, never meeting so many people from India before, not understanding that India is so big and so different and people have different languages and just having all of that learning. And then moving to China was an entire thing because I was thinking that I was going somewhere that they speak English. Nobody spoke English. I didn't speak any Chinese. So having that culture shock on my end and also the culture shock on their end, because fun fact, people, where I went to work, it was a Hyatt hotel and I was the first non-Chinese person to ever work there. So I would like walk into elevators and everybody would like pan out to the sides like, oh my God, foreigner, foreigner, foreigner. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, so, so all of that, Basically, all of that experience, I didn't know at the time. At the time, I still thought that I was like on course to be this GM. But little did I know, all of these little experiences are what would lead me to being a DEI person because I've always been like pro-social justice. And like, even if the big hit hits the little kid, like I'm the one that say, no, you're not going to do that. You know, like I was like in HR for two years while I was in Dubai and I did more DEI work then for free than I do now because it's like there because there are so many different cultures and culture clashes and like cultural awareness needs I was the person there like I know I'm supposed to be you know interviewing people but I would much rather go and solve this conflict over here I'd much rather teach this person about unconscious bias right now you know so you know when you have your passion for anybody that's listening to this when you have there's something that like you are called to do so maybe you work like Maybe you work in a retail store, but like you love cars and you're called to do cars. Like it will call you in. You know what I mean? Like no matter what you try to do as a work 
slash job, what your career purpose will call you in and just answer the call people because that's what I had to do. Even when, you know, imposter syndrome was there, even when I was asking myself, how can you do this without an MBA in diversity? How can you do this without a PhD in inclusion? Nobody cares about you. Your story doesn't matter enough. Like just don't allow those gremlins to come in and like suck the life out of your dream. Know that you should walk in your purpose. And that was a rant that I was not asked for, but there you go, full charge. <laughs> no, I think that that's really important. And I mean, the people who've been in my audience for a while also know, hey, like I had a- extreme pivots. Um, you know, I was in the army one day and then the next day I'm like, I got to get out. Like, okay, so we're doing that. And then even with my entrepreneurial endeavors, okay, marketing, consulting, okay, lots of strategy and stuff. But then all of a sudden I get struck by the lightning bolt of the call, if you will. And it's like, oh, what you really need to do is do this really interesting blend of personal brand consulting and like drawing out, helping other people draw out their authentic selves. That's what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, okay, that's going to be easy to market. Thanks. Yep. But that's the call. So you do what you got to do, right? So I, I love that. And um, I think I think it's interesting to note, too, is that, right, like you had this experience in the Bahamas, like growing up that you didn't necessarily experience racism, right, which would have been not your experience had you grown up in the United States. Right. And so it's it's interesting to see how that impacts you, I think, because for black Americans, by the time we grow up, it may still shock us and it may still hurt us, but we're not mm-hmm. completely surprised or or taken off guard. And as a result, I think it's like almost like a pain tolerance has developed, right? It's like when we talk about microaggressions and you're and then like once somebody walks away, they're like, did they really ask that about your hair or about this or about that? And you're like, oh yeah, you know what they did? I didn't even realize, right? Like you're just numb yep. to it, right? And and it just like kind of rolls off your back, but not really. So I just think that your experience is so interesting because you wouldn't have had that numbness the way that, you know, some of us might have here in the States. But thank you for sharing that and and just, and and also for, you know, being so candid about your your own experiences. I know that, that that can be a hard thing to do. So I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. And thank you for, thank you for opening that up, you know, with that question. I just think that what you said just now too is like super, super important about microaggression because as you were saying it, like I was nodding my head like so hard because it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, when I went to Dubai, I experienced racism in a in a different way. I wouldn't say more so than the US because the good thing is, like you said, like being from the Bahamas, like if I was born and raised here and never traveled, I would have been like, I don't know what I would have done with myself had I, when I was arrested the first time. But we travel to the U.S. a lot, you know, like most Bahamians travel to the U.S. a lot, have a lot of family over there. So it wasn't something that I was absolutely shocked by. But at the same time, it wasn't something that I was like, yeah, officer is coming. He's probably going to arrest me today. Like, you know, it was like, it was a happy medium, let's say, in okay. between. But, but in Dubai, like the things people ask me would be things that even in America, I wouldn't expect, like somebody asked me why I wear makeup. And then, you know, they were white. She was Russian. My Russian friend asked me why I wear makeup. And then I said, for the same reason you do. And she said, but I wear makeup to hide my dark spots. And I said, me too. And she said, but your entire body is a dark spot, Natasha. So I don't really get what you're talking about. Yeah. And to her, that was fine. It was a microaggression, obviously to most, but to her, it wasn't obvious. 
like I said, she's not like random Russian girl on the street. This is my friend that I go to breakfast, lunch and dinner with and work with. So, yeah. There was a much better way to approach that whole question, right? Like even just admitting, oh, I didn't realize somebody who had uh, your skin pigment, right, would also get dark spots. How interesting, right? But you don't yes. like. <laughs> I know. Which is why people need training in this life. We have to treat, teach people how to teach people how to treat people like people. That is the job of a DEI person. The end. I love it. Okay. So that actually, that ties in really well with my next question. I always like to find out what work with your clients often looks like, you know, if there's, if you find that, especially lately, if there's like a particular problem that people typically connect with you uh, over, but I, we talked a little bit about this before the call, before we started recording, but I guess also figuring out like, especially with DE and I, and, and I mean, we experience it across the board. Like I experienced it as a marketing consultant, but figuring out how to give your clients what they need versus what they think they want. That is a great one. So like, you know, I've worked, I work, I work with corporate obviously, but I work a lot with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are people that are like, you know, I want to help. I work with those people that are like, I have a business and I also go to FL to BLM protests, those type of people. And people who are like, you know, I want to know how to do better. So what they usually want first is, strategy they're like okay Natasha tell me what to do tell me how to do this tell me this tell me that and I'm like before we do that what you need to do is inner work you think that it's already done you think that you know like you're fine and everything is dandy but we need to do a lot of inner work before I even start to like do strategy with you before we even go to your DEI statement and start to make that thing happen before we even start on an action plan or even do brainstorming for that Let's do some inner work to find out where you really are. Like, for example, I had a client and she is a white woman married to a black man and she has a coaching business, right? And we had a conversation. She's like, yeah, Natasha, you know, after George Floyd, like da 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 this, that, that. And I, re- I just want to start. I want to do, I want to know how I can do better. What can I do with my company? And I'm like, okay, but like, let's do some inner work first. She's like, I'm married to a black man. You know, like I'm married to what? Like, what more do you want from my life type of thing? Like not in that yeah. way, but just like a kind of like, well, Natasha, you know, I've been married to him for 20 years. So, you know, I think, I think I get it. Um, and then she didn't know what she didn't know. She didn't. That's exactly it. She didn't know what she didn't know. So we talked about like, you know, the BLM incidents and stuff like that. And something happened with her during our time working together where her and her husband had an altercation. And during this altercation, like he, like he, she hit him and then he like pushed her off and then she went into a while, her head bled. So she, he left right? He absolutely left the scene and she was calling him and he wasn't coming back home and she couldn't understand why. And then he told her like, you know, Natalie, this is because if an officer came here, I would go to jail for a very long time. This would not be like, oh, it's a domestic dispute. Let me leave those two alone. You guys figure this out. This would be like black man just made white woman bleed, take him to jail and, you know, throw away the keys she didn't realize that. that's a that's a pretty good case scenario honestly if a police officer shows up and violence has already been like committed honestly yeah. that's that's a not the worst case scenario true statement i 125 percent agree but i use that example to say that you know she thought that since they were high school sweethearts and now they're married and everything that everything's gonna be fine i know this i just need to know how to do it so a lot of times they come to me thinking that 
what they need my help with is learning how to do, you know, like they don't want to be performative and they don't want to do this. They want to make sure they do it in the right way. They want to make sure it looks good and it is good and they're doing good, but they don't want to start at the starting point, which is the inner work. Anybody who's listening to this, who even has an inkling of care for diversity, equity, and inclusion, make sure you start with self. I don't care how many friends you have that are people of color. I don't care how many people from the LGBTQIA plus plus community you went to high school with. I don't care like about your best friend being, you know, this person that is, is, is disabled. At the end of the day, you have to do the inner work. You need to make sure that you take that time to reflect on yourself, reflect on the why, the why you want to do this. Why do you want a DEI consultant? What is the reasoning behind that? Why do you care to do better for the world? Why do you care about social impact and like you know, try to do a lot of reflection and a lot of understanding before you start to put your feet in boots and put them on the ground. Absolutely. And I just want to point out for everybody who's listening, Natasia did not restrict this to race. She included the LGBTQIA plus community. And so what that means is that, you know, I sign up for her program. I'm in Brown and I am going through the whole thing, the end. Right. So I just want to point that out. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't need that. Well, I'm sitting here telling you that I am brown and I would still go through the whole thing because it's diversity, equity and inclusion, which means that there are a lot of things under this umbrella. Yep. A lot of things under this umbrella. And as a result, we have to be taught, I think, to be inclusive and to see outside of our own lived experiences for other people and other groups, right? Like I am a member of several marginalized groups, but I am an ally to several. Amen to that. Right. And so, so what, what you're doing is something that would teach me to be a better ally and also to be a better advocate for myself and for the, for the communities that, you know, the marginalized communities that I am in, I would be a better advocate and a better ally. So for anybody who's sitting there thinking, I don't know, I'm saying like, I'm brown and brown people still got to go through the whole thing. So, yep. Couldn't agree more. Okay. So we, We have an excellent episode coming up and you're definitely going to want to listen in. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that that's kind of our pattern. We kind of dive in, we talk about business, how Natasia got here. And then our next episode, Natasia is just going to floor us even further with her expertise. And I'm not, I mean, I don't want to ruin the surprise. So just know that you need to share, like, subscribe, share and, and share something you learned or share a thought that you had that was thought provoking because somebody out in your audience, somebody who's connected to you needs to hear it. And Natasia, again, thank you so much. And I can't wait to get our first and second episodes out there, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Ruthie, anytime. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.